Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business, and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing the success of businesses and communities around the world through the imagination of our people and smart technology. I'm Ron Baker, folks, and my uh, co-host, Ed Kless, is not here today. His son is involved in a baseball tournament, and I guess he got pretty far, so uh, he's still in it, and they're playing today. As a matter of fact, I think the game just about started, so... He can't make it today, so in lieu of doing Free Rider Friday, since I don't have Ed to bounce off of, I thought it would be kind of fun to interview two Canadian black swans, and uh, we'll explain that program, but uh, they're bookkeepers from Canada. I do a program called uh, the Black Swan Program where we mentor black swans and helping and their bookkeepers change their practice, change their pricing, basically change their business model, but I think as you'll learn uh, during our interview with both Cindy and Melissa that it's also pretty life-changing. So I've got, I'm honored because I have two of them here and uh, I'm going to go ahead and introduce them and and then we'll bring them on and we'll start asking questions. But Cindy Kindred started her business from scratch 14 years ago with two customers and grew it by eight, uh, um, and by year eight, she grew to over a hundred customers. Her home-based business today includes three employees and two contractors. She says nothing has more positively changed her business than the Black Swan program. Now, Cindy was in the very first Black Swan program back in 2012. Today, rather than having over a hundred customers, she has less than 40 customers and generates more profit than when she had over a hundred. She has more time to think and enjoy her customers and more time to plan for a better future. Cindy is a certified professional bookkeeper through the Institute of Professional Bookkeepers of Canada, is a distinguished distinguished financial advisor, bookkeeping service specialist through Knowledge Bureau, and is both a Sage 50 and a QuickBooks Pro Advisor. And then my second guest is Melissa Mikelski, who is one of the co-owners of CertPro, accounting team in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Her love of accounting started during high school uh, when her mom and grandpa encouraged her to take an accounting course as an elective. She holds an undergraduate degree from the Asper School of Business at the University of Manitoba. Before joining CERPRO, Melissa worked in public accounting. She is a proud member also of the IPBC and a certified professional um, 
a regional developer, I'm sorry, for the province of Manitoba for IPBC. And she was part of the Black Swan program in 2013 and 14. She also teaches competitive dance to children ages 9 through 18. In her teen, she represented Canada on the World Tap Team, where she brought home the bronze medal. So I might ask her about that. Uh, when she isn't crunching numbers, you can find Melissa traveling to California and Disney World <laughs> and spending time with her two cats. Cindy and Melissa, welcome to the Soul of Enterprise. Thank you for having Thank us, you, Ron. <laughs> oh, this is great. Well, listen, well, I'm going to, uh, Cindy, I guess I'll go to you first. I'll probably just bounce back and forth between you guys, but uh, or you ladies. Um, but... Cindy, why did you want to change your business model? The number one thing, I was very frustrated with the number of hours I was working and all the clutter that was going on in my mind to make my business work. And then how long I had to do that um, was just was getting ridiculous. I was thinking, okay, if I want to make more money, I need to add more clients, but only the more clients and more employees. And the more I did that, I found the busier I got, the more frantic I became, and I felt like I was racing all the time. I ended up associating that to earn more money. I had to work at a frantic pace. And I was noticing my quality was decreasing, my happiness and my balance was, in, was not even viable anymore. It was just work. Right. So I had to do something. Did, did you continue doing that? Did you relate it to the billable hour? Did you see that as big, being a part of the problem? No, I, I wasn't um, that smart. <laughs> I needed someone <laughs> like you to just kind of show me a whole different way of looking at the business model. I kept associating, okay, the more hours I can bill with my staff, the more money I can make. And it wasn't working. I was hiring more employees and I was having more staff, but I, I ended up, it cost so much more money to do it that way that I wasn't. I wasn't, the margins weren't good at all. Right. And Melissa, how about you? What, why did you want to change your business model? So we attended the first um, and the second IPBC conference where we met you, and then the second year we got to hear from Cindy Black Swan One, and we started learning about value pricing and everything that you spoke so highly of. And for me and my business partner, we felt we were kind of at a crossroads where it was probably a good time to make a change. Um, I have many years ahead of me. I was ready to take kind of our business to the next level, and we just kind of started to understand the importance of the value and our customers and our future, and we thought that we were at that crossroads to make that change for our company. And what fascinates me about that is you heard Cindy talking about her experience through the journey. Uh, how scared were you when you heard that one of the things that we teach was no hourly billing and no timesheets? I was really scared, but I wasn't scared necessarily of no hourly billing and no timesheets. I was more scared of implementing it and would it work and 
will this will this make it better for me? Will I be successful? We were only five or six years into the business that we were more scared that if we did this, were we going to lose everybody and were we going to backtrack a few steps rather than moving forward like we wanted to. So it wasn't the billing and the timesheets that I was scared about. It was just more the change and would it work for us and would we be able to implement it properly. It's really a leap of faith, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, you can sit through as many classes and read as many books on this as you want, but until you actually start to do it, I mean, you're really taking a leap of faith here. You really are, and you're learning something new, and you're trying to implement it and tell your customers that this is the right choice, but you've never really been through it yourself yet. So it's scary, but that's what's the most scary for me, not necessarily trashing that timesheet or getting rid of the hourly billing rate. Did it help you? Did it lessen your fear to hear Cindy and the other swans experience from the prior years? It did. And it gave me motivation and it kind of lit that fire to be like, we can do it. But it was still scary because they're sitting in different cities and different provinces than me, right? So I was also thinking, is this going to work in Winnipeg, Manitoba? Are people going to understand it? Um, I had nobody here in Winnipeg doing it yet, so I had nobody to even ask questions here in my home city if it was working for them or not. So it was a real big leap of faith for me and my business partner, and I'm lucky that we had each other to help us through it, but it was it was helpful to hear from Cindy and the other black swans, but it was still scary. Cindy, how scared were you? I don't think I was scared. I was skeptical. <laughs> I, <thought>. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so I implement, I didn't go cold turkey. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to follow the steps. Um, you spoke so strongly about how this would work. So I thought every account that I convert I convert, convert completely. So stop keeping the timesheet for that client and just start doing it. So I just did it one after another and slowly what happened is the timesheet got eliminated. So for me, what took away the fear was that as I saw one was successful, then the second one was easier to do. And then the third and the fourth and before I knew it, by the time I hit half, I thought, okay. This is fantastic. Not only is it working, it's working very, very quickly. So I thought, okay, so let's just transform the rest of the firm and make it work going forward. If I did it faster, I probably would progress faster. Um, But because of my skepticism, and I apologize for being so skeptical, but the way I did it helped helped me get past that. (laughs) And you really did take a leap of faith because you didn't have anybody to look back to. You were in the first group, so there was no, you totally took that leap of faith. And how how was that? Well, you know what? It it was hard um, because there were a few of my mentors that I had mentioned it to. um, And that was a big mistake because they immediately started to talk me out of that. There's no other way to do it, but hourly. We're talking about accountants who have been doing it for 30 years. So I decided in that moment I needed to just shut that down, really focus on your book of value pricing, and talk to you. So as soon as I put blinders on everybody else, 
because this is really groundbreaking for me at the time and probably still is in a lot of areas in North America. Um, When I did that and just followed your book, because your book really works, what I liked is that you had put so much thought into it, you had so much background, you had proven it yourself because of your practice, um, that I thought you need to trust and because you can't change if someone else is stopping you. So that probably was the hardest thing is not using my existing mentors anymore. In fact, avoiding them at all costs. Well, that's really interesting, Cindy. We just uh, interviewed David Barrett last week, who's the CEO of Expensify. And we, when we asked him what advice do you have for young, budding entrepreneurs, he said, stop listening to other people <laughs> or, oh. or even reading books because they have a tendency to, you know, kind of downplay or poo-poo your ideas. And that is so typical. So I'm so glad that you ignored your, your, your existing circle of mentors. Oh, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we've only got a couple of minutes here before the first break, but I want to ask you, and Cindy, I'll stick with you just for the moment, and maybe we'll get to Melissa because this could be a, a longer answer than we have. What do you think is the most critical component of pricing now that you've been doing it for four, four some odd years? And I know it's a skill. You know, the more you do it, the better you get. What's the, to you, what's the most critical component? The conversation with the potential client. And that is one area I have put so much emphasis on. I, I have worked that component more than anyone. And I am so delighted of the results. So what happens when I'm talking to a client? I do a bit of research before I meet with them. I know, you know from my very best clients I ask them what they like most about what I'm doing for them. And then, so I already have that in the back of my head. When I go in, I listen. I ask lots of questions. I prep the questions. I really find out what's not working for them, what their complaints are. I ask them, if you, were, if you could dream for the world and your financial data and your consultants and your accountant, what would you want? And I get them talking, and I keep asking open-ended questions, and I keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And, I've, you know, I rarely have one under an hour when it's very enticing. You know, they're up to two hours, and it does not feel like it. We end up having a great conversation. In between, I find about their families, what's really important to them. It's not just what the, the business is doing. It's what their life is and the balance and... Um, the more I can find out about them, the more I can find out what their specific needs are. And I have found, like, I've gotten better and better at this. I just met with a new dentist yesterday um, at 4 o'clock, and I knew they were, they were interviewing a number of bookkeepers. I asked if I could be the last one of the day, and they were um, allocating a half hour, and I knew that wasn't enough for me. So they said, yes, sure, we'll put you at the end. We were an hour and 15 minutes, and by the end, we were laughing. I was asking them questions that they never even thought. Um, I was using my experience with other dentists to come up with other ideas and thoughts. And when at that moment, I was just trying to get them to know what my abilities were, the potential of what I could do for them. Right. Um, and, and, uh, and every so, time this happens, I get the account. I love it. I get the account when, every single time. Yeah. We're up against a break, but I'm, when we come back, 
Melissa, I've got the same question for you. And also, I'm going to ask both of you, what are your favorite questions to ask during the value conversation? But in the meantime, folks, I'd like to remind you to contact Ed or myself. You can do so at asktsoe at verisage.com. And please check out our show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. I'll post full show notes on today's uh, interview with Melissa and Cindy. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Soul of Enterprise. I'm here without my co-host, Ed Kless, but for those uh, regular listeners, you know that baseball and his son pretty much take precedence over everything, so it's completely understandable. But uh, it, as a substitute, I'm honored to be here with uh, two Canadian black swans and bookkeepers, Cindy Kindred and Melissa Mikowski, and we've been talking about their journey, um, not only in the black swan program, but through changing their business model and their pricing model. And Melissa, I'll jump to you. I asked Cindy what, what she thought was the most component, uh, critical component in terms of implementing value pricing, and now I'll ask you, what do you think it is? So I do agree with Cindy that the conversation that I have with my customers now initially is very important and that I'm talking to them on a completely different level than I did three, four years ago when I first started it out and was doing the hourly billing. But I'm also just because she did a great job of kind of explaining all of that, I'm going to take another twist on something that I think is a critical um, component of pricing for for me, is I need to remember that everything that I provide for my customer, all the tasks, 
all the meetings, all the help, all the advice, whatever it might be, that those bring value to the customer. And I need to remember that when I'm doing my pricing and I need to remember that when I'm having the conversation with them and when I'm working with them. For me, I realized after going through the Black Swan program how many things that I just did for the sake of just doing and my customer didn't even necessarily know I was doing them or understand how important it was. So for me, sometimes it's stripping down those bookkeeping tasks and making sure that I remember what's important and the value for them and then I'm kind of sticking to that while I'm pricing my customer in the different levels that I have. And so by doing that, that makes you really focus a lot more on value and the outcomes to the customer, doesn't it? And communicate it it better. It does a lot. And then that goes to like up into like my quality of life when I'm just focusing on the tasks that we've selected in this process for me to complete. I'm able to give myself more quality, a better quality of life and more time. And I'm able to finish things quickly because I'm not just slipping in things and that has no value. Like the customer doesn't even know. So there's no value to that. Where if I just stick to the tasks we've agreed on and we've priced on, I'm able to better enjoy life and then better serve all of my customers and maybe even be able to bring more value to them in the future. Right. And Melissa, what are couple of your favorite questions to ask during the value conversation? So some of the questions I ask that are like not financial related at all, but kind of get my customers um, thinking and speaking and kind of take us to that next level when Cindy said that, you know, we're laughing or we're talking about personal stuff. Some of the questions I might um, ask are, um, what makes you not sleep at night? Um, If there's one thing you can change about your current bookkeeper, what would it be? What are some hobbies that you enjoy doing but that your business might take you away from doing? Um, And then I usually always ask, where do you see yourself in one year, five years, and ten years? Those are kind of some of my favorite ones I would say that are on my list. I love it. And because those are nice and open-ended, it really gets you to dive into the customer and really understand what their dreams are and their aspirations. Exactly. And it, it makes me feel like we're building a relationship and it makes me feel that I'm not just talking about accounting terms and bookkeeping terms and some terms that they might not even realize, right? We're able to kind of go in and see the big picture and begin our relationship and our journey as a team together. Have you found that having that type of in-depth value conversation and really putting the time into it, even if it takes multiple meetings, uh, differentiates you from other bookkeepers? Yes, I do a lot. Um, I also am probably one of the only bookkeepers here in my city that do it this way. So when I get the initial call or the initial email asking, like the first sentence in the email or the first sentence out of that person's mouth is usually, what's your hourly rate? And I go in to explain why I don't and like I meet with you and we have a conversation and we build packages for you to choose. Like already the, like the bells are like ringing in their head and they're like, oh, really? And they want to know more about it and they want to understand it. And I really feel it sets 
us apart from the other bookkeepers. And it almost allows that my customers to make the final decision of how we're going to work together. It allows them to choose. And I think that that gives that business owner power and they prefer that in the end, right? It's their decision. They're going to pick what they want instead of being forced into something. Boy, and it takes the focus off price, doesn't it? Because you're it really does. building up your value and that's what they're after. They're not They'll pay the price as long as they see the value. Yes, they will. Excellent. Cindy, what are your favorite questions during the value conversation as you've had a little bit more experience than Melissa and been doing it longer? Um, I go everywhere. Um, Melissa hits it very well with, you know, really going after personal preferences. Um, You know, you ask them, what is your number one business life goal and what is your number one personal goal and then asking if they have a business plan and if you can see it and you know what it's basically the forecasting and the goals and the dreams if you get a client to start dreaming sometimes they've forgotten about their dreams or had chance to um, really focus on it and make some really good plans towards it um, I find I'm an ID per I, I um, and so the more I talk and the more we talk and the more ideas I come out, what I find is they, they notice I'm more than a bookkeeper. I'm a consultant. I'm a financial advisor. And soon as you get out of you know them thinking you as just a bookkeeper, and you're talking about the finances and the planning and the management and the reporting. Um, you just elevate yourself to a whole different level, and they start asking and demanding more of you. And so when I'm in that conversation, the more I can go into not the bookkeeping and the, the, uh, and the, the, the tasks and the, and the deadlines is more on, you know, one of my favorite questions. So if I could help you increase your profit by 5% this year would that interest you? And, and yeah, and, and I have now started to create a package that is, you know, maintaining what my, my middle package is let's increase by 5% and, the, and my platinum is 10%. And now when I'm trying to, I'm only I'm just starting to really work because I then can use, actually put what I say to the metal. And if I can pull that off by working with them and really consulting and getting my head so deep into their books, it's happening. You know, I haven't made packages like that, but when I'm watching how they're growing and we're talking about it, I see how a direct effect is when someone is focused in those books, helping your clients be accountable to their goals. Wow, what the achievements are. And that's all in that initial conversation. Once they buy into what you can do, um, they don't want anybody else. Right. I love that. You know, you, you hear it just as much as I do. Uh, you both do because I know you've been peppered with questions about your journey. One of the things people are so paranoid about is how are my customers going to react to this? Uh, and will I lose customers? So, Cindy, I'll ask you, did you get pushback from your customers when you started this journey? I did because no one understands not charging hourly. And I found all along I've always had good relationships. So the ones that were that were um, 
good. You know, they say, hey, I trust you. I, to- totally makes sense to me. I would prefer to know exactly what I'm going to pay every month. I won't have any surprises. So, so yes, let's do it. And then there's those who still want an itemized list of everything in every phone call. Um, and so... I eventually had to make a decision with those and say, this is how I do business now. Try it for a month or two. If you don't like it, then, you know, let's talk and I'll help you transition to someone else. In the end, that was probably my most successful, just on the really hard-nosed, really stubborn, you know, clients. Um, But now, some of those are my best clients who love this because it's so dependable. Did you lose any customers as a as a result of this? I didn't. If it, if I were to do it today, with the knowledge I know, I would. But I'm a very soft-hearted person, and I originally had a goal of I was my goal was ninety percent retention of all clients. Whatever I had to do, however I had to do it, I did it. So. That goal hurt me so badly, and that goal did not leave me. It, it's left me now. My goal isn't 90% retention. My goal is to have the very best, perfect clients for my firm. When you have 90% retention, you're doing too much effort keeping people that shouldn't be your clients, or you're doing way too much for people who don't appreciate it. And that was, I didn't realize how ineffective that goal was until I went through this program. Well, I, I love it. But now if I were to do it. Yes, I would be firing a lot faster or helping them transition is a better way to say it. Right. I, I love how you went from 100 customers to 40 and you say you're making more bottom, you know, bottom line profit. And that's usually so counterintuitive to most accountants. You know, we just don't equate fewer customers with more profit. But it's emphatically true, isn't it? It, it is. You know, when you start talking to your customers and finding out they have needs that no one ever has ever met, and then you start working on those needs and doing creative reporting and keeping focused on um, helping with decisions, and all of a sudden this stuff starts happening, then they, they say, well, I want, I want to go up to the next package. I can, you know, and so then they, they bump up, and or my brand new people, you know, we we just go up to a higher level right away. Right, right. And, I love it, uh, Melissa. We're gonna. I'm gonna come back from this break, and we're. I'm gonna ask you the same question about what was the response from your customers. And okay. in the meantime, folks, if you'd like to contact Ed or myself, you can do so at asktsoe at verisage.com. We know many of you listen on demand, so we'd love it if you. Go over to iTunes and give us a review and also maybe even review our book, The Soul of Enterprise, at Amazon. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Quanta CRM. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We believe great companies can become even greater by challenging the status quo within their companies. The latest challenge to your status quo? The way people buy has changed. Buyers now control the majority of the front end of the sales process. 
sellers must learn to facilitate a buying process, not conduct a sales process. Social buying signals are an opportunity for sales. Learn more. Go to quantacrm.com slash ABC to request a copy of the white paper, Always Be Closing, a guide to the new art of social selling. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise well welcome back everybody on what is supposed to be free rider friday but my co-host ed class is not here he's at a baseball game with his son and that takes precedence so totally understand that uh, but I am honored to have Cindy Kendra and Melissa Mikalski here with me, and we're talking about their journey of changing their bookkeepers, uh, their bookkeeping firm's business model uh, as a result of the Black Swan program. And uh, Melissa, I left off talking with Cindy about the reaction she got from her customers when she presented this to them, and did she lose any? What was your experience with your customers when you made this change? So mine was a little bit different than Cindy's. We didn't have any pushback in a bad way. Um, what we did was when we started the program, Black Swan 2, we looked at our customers and we had to move all of our customers over to our new business model. So our business doesn't have a storefront or an office building. We have two home offices. So we don't get the flow of new customers coming in on a daily or weekly basis. So what we did was we started, and I think almost the hard way, we started right in with all of our existing customers and basically told them that we were changing our business model and these are the reasons why and this is what we were doing and we met with all of them and went through the package. And what we did was is we put their package under the silver column of what they were presently in and we showed them what the bronze package would be if they decided to go back to more of basic bookkeeping or what we could offer them if they wanted to move up to the gold tier package. We had nothing but positive um, feedback from everybody that we met with. We had some people stay with the packages that we put them in the silver package, and we knew that going into some of those meetings. We knew kind of what we did for them, the tasks that we completed on a monthly or quarterly basis, that that's what we were going to provide for them, and it was going to be hard to kind of bump them up. But we had other customers that looked at these and said, well, why aren't I your gold customer? And we would just tell them, well, these are things services that we've never provided to you, but our company can offer it, so we definitely can move you up to that. So I think for us, too, it was also a learning experience, realizing that we were almost cutting ourselves short. We weren't providing the full value of the things that we could do 
in our company for their company. So it was really able, it really allowed us to see that we could offer them more and we had people choosing those higher packages. We did not lose anybody during the transfer over to the value pricing. Um, We did let somebody go. It was one of my biggest customers that I dealt with and Ron kind of coached me through it, but we ended up realizing as we started the program that we just were not a good fit and there were things that were taking place that just were not meshing. We weren't in a good relationship. We didn't have a good connection. And after realizing things in the value conversation and learning about things like that, we realized that just this wasn't going to change. So I fired him, I guess you can say, or we parted ways, but I let him go. And um, so I did lose one, but it was kind of more on my terms than um, their terms. Right. I remember you kind of agonized about that for a while, but how did it feel after you did it? It felt really good. And it's helped me over the past while we've never lost um, somebody necessarily because of our business model or the way we invoice or the way we charge, but over the past, you know, three or four years since we've been part of the program, we have cut ties with people just because it's not working anymore or they would like to hire an employee or they're going to try to take it on themselves, whatever it might be. So I think it's really helped me continue to build my confidence. I'm the type of person that I try to please everybody and I try to fix everybody. So I think it built some confidence for me knowing that I don't need to always fix everything and that sometimes it's just not the right fit or um, it's not going to be a good relationship and it's just time to exit. And Melissa, you mentioned the silver, bronze, gold that you offer your customers three options. What's that been like? Uh, You know, what are the advantages of offering three options as opposed to the most bookkeepers that just say, here's my hourly rate or maybe a fixed price or a range of prices? What have you found the advantages of three options to be? Um, So what I do is when I do my pricing and after the value conversation, I usually, myself and my business partner, we kind of try to build the ideal package from what we can see in the meeting and the value conversation into our middle package, our silver package. And then we kind of strip it down to show them like what we could do for them if they wanted the bronze or what we could do if we wanted the gold, like if they want to get into the gold. But what we try to do is we almost try to push them into the silver package. And then if they move up a package, it's kind of a fist pump day. And if they stay in the silver, like at least we kind of read the conversation correctly. But what we find is that when we present the packages to them, they're able to see everything out in front of them, what we can offer them in many different levels, and it allows them to be able to budget for their company, no surprises, even know what the future could bring for them if they know that in three years they might want to jump up a package, what I can do for them down the road, 
they know what they're getting. There's no surprises. It's all outlined for them. They know that I'm going to meet these tasks, these deadlines, these goals. We're going to work together to, you know, make your company successful. And it allows them to make the final decision on everything. They can choose what they think is best for them. And I think that that's the biggest thing right there. It allows them to make the choice. It allows them to feel they're in power and to pick the decision that's best for their company. And it reduces price negotiation or price objections too, doesn't it? It does. I have rarely, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll learn as I keep learning over the years through all of this stuff. I've rarely had somebody come back at me trying to move a million things around. Like, I want this, but I don't want this. I want this. I've had, I've had a pretty good realm of people just coming back and saying, no, you know what? We really like the gold package because we want the audit assurance in there. Like, we, we want that, so we're going to take the gold. I've, I've been lucky, and like I said, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but right now as I'm starting this, process and I'm, you know, a couple years under my belt and as I look for the future, it's going good right now and I'm, I continue to learn, right? So that's sure. all I can do. No, that, that's great. And I think that's a function too of you're getting better at the value conversation so they, you don't have to move things around between the options. Cindy, how about yeah. for you? What's been your experience with offering the three options? Probably the one of the elements that has transformed my profitability. Um, what it does is it elevates my potential, the abilities that I can provide to the client. And what's neat about doing this, over time you start getting good to know, and if you've talked to that client really well, um, you know where the biggest emphasis should be, and you know where you're going to have to put the most brain power you have. So those I put into the platinum or the top package, and you've taught me to come up with creative names based on the industry or the person or the customer I'm dealing with, and often that gives them a more visual picture of what to expect from the packages. Um, that's the biggest thing, getting them to see beyond what they're getting and what the potential is. That's, to me, what that does. That's excellent. And, Cindy, I know you're a big believer in the concept of emotional capacity. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it on the show, but not a lot. But, you know, we like to tell business owners, especially firm owners, you've got a physical capacity. So many customers you can handle at your present size. But for knowledge workers, we also have an emotional capacity. You know, that one customer that you talk to first thing in the morning and then you're like done for the day and doing nothing but surfing Facebook for the rest of the day. How, how do you handle the, that trade-off between your physical and your emotional capacity? Um, by reducing the number of clients I have. I didn't realize how cluttered my brain was when I had so many clients. The phone is ringing so much. I'm jumping from file to file. And I was able to do it, but exhausted at the end of the day. And sometimes I thought, well, did I actually get anything done today? Um, I have found that my brain capacity is based and my ability and my creativity is based on how I protect my front lobal brain. So if I have a client, it is my top client, um, I'm looking for clients that I can 
dig my teeth into. I can get my brain right into it. I find my best work happens when I'm immersed. And the only way I can be immersed is if I cut down the distractions, eliminate, you know, the nitter natter. And the timesheet, I would say immediately when I got rid of the timesheet, 50% of all the clutter in my brain and go, oh, did I record that call in it? Oh, that hour and, oh, I'm at the end of the day. What did I do? Oh, I got to sit down and try and recreate. As soon as that was gone, I, I thought I got 50% of my brain back. Um, and now I'd actually develop my business to protect my time. And over the last two years, I've started to look and go to protect my employees. I don't want them fragmented too far. So I'm now structuring the business so that we don't have, they don't have those distractions either so that their brains can get into the file and immersed. And the quality that we create now because of that is the clients are seeing it and loving it. And... Um, it allows you to be creative. Before my creativity, I had no, I had not, I didn't have a minute to think. So now, if you can creatively think for your clients, that's where you come up with unique solutions. And you can't do that if you have a million people at you, a million calls, too much communication going on. Lesser clients, lesser relationships that you can develop a deeper connection with and understanding allows you to do a whole lot more, more exciting work. I, I love more what I do now than before. I get to do the stuff that I love, and I, I'm getting good at some of the stuff that I wasn't good at before just because now I can actually just immerse my brain into it. So now I will protect my brain at all costs. I will not take a client that will fragment it. And I can tell in the conversation whether or not, I, I met with a client the other day and they go, yeah, I just like to throw the balls in the air and I need people to catch them. And I thought, hmm, I'm not that person for them. I don't want to be a babysitter. I don't want to be catching balls and putting up fires. I want to be a progressive thinker. I want to be planning ahead and developing, you know. So that told me that's not the right client for me. But I would never have known that if I wasn't protecting my front um, global brain and my mental capacity. I, I would it. never have figured that out. You know, I think so many firm owners confuse being busy with being profitable, and they are not the same thing. In fact, I think sometimes they're mutually exclusive. But unfortunately, ladies, we're at a break point again. And folks, I'd like to remind you, you can get full show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at, at AskTSOE. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Four new employees. 20% increase in revenue. Being one of the 9 million women business owners in the U.S. These are your proudest numbers, your landmarks of growth and success. Sage helps you achieve business milestones with cloud and software solutions that lead to deeper financial insights. Believe in your numbers. See what Sage can do for your business. Visit believeinyournumbers.com today. 
you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise well welcome back folks on what's supposed to be black uh, free rider friday but it's turned into black swan friday which i'm thrilled about we were here with cindy kindred and melissa mikowski and melissa i'll jump back to you what advice would you give to a bookkeeping firm or even an accounting firm basically any professional firm um, that is thinking about making this change don't be afraid of the change we were at that crossroads of We could tell some things weren't running as smoothly, and after being inspired by yourself, Ron, and my fellow black swans, we knew that it was a direction we wanted to do. So don't be afraid of change. There's many things that I thought I I was the most organized person in the world. I was not compared to how I am now. I thought I was valuing the work I was doing. Nope, I was not compared to how I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm doing tasks that I'm supposed to do. I'm having more free time to think about how I can be a better service to my customers. I'm more organized. Things are just working way smoother. And I would never have known that if I was afraid of change and if I didn't kind of put two feet in and just go for it and take those steps forward. So I think my biggest thing would be is don't be afraid of change. I love it. Take that. Go ahead and take that leap of faith. Yeah, big time, because it's changed like my life in the past three to four years so much. And I've got a future ahead of me of another 30 years that I'm just excited to see what it brings. And, you know, I've always got that capacity for that gold star plus member to come into my company. Right. It's just it's those little things that I never thought of that doing this allows me to think of like think more throughly and think everything through and to value everything I do for my customer, for myself, everything. Right. I, I love no the fear. fact that you're the youngest black swan that that's been through the program. And, and I just think, wow, if I would have known this in my twenties, <laughs> it would have made a bigger exactly. difference. I didn't, I didn't figure this out until my thirties. <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful for it because like I said, it's already changed my life in the four years and I can't imagine what the next 30 are going to be like. So Cindy, how about you? What would be your advice? The same. Don't hesitate to make a change. I've now learned through this program to be innovative in my own firm. I'm exploring um, automation and looking at the different ways to do it. Um, this is to set my brain, you cannot stand still, you must move forward. And the fact that it's improved my quality of life so greatly, um, 
that's probably the biggest thing I'll say to them. It will transform your life that you'll really enjoy it and you'll have better balance. So real simply, don't be afraid to take the small steps to start with. There's something very powerful about momentum, no matter how small. And many times the impossible is simply the untried. I love it. Well, one of my prized possessions is the note that your son wrote for me that you gave me uh, that said something like, Ron, I've never met you, but thanks for giving my mom back to me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to interject. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know about that note. So That's, that's what I said. <laughs> well, how do you think I felt when he, he showed me? Like, even though I have tears in my eyes, I had no yeah. idea that I was robbing him of his mother. Yeah, wow. That's that's powerful, and that's why we do what we do. But, uh, can, hey, can I get each of you to give in the four or so minutes remaining that we have, give an example of where you're really proud of, you know, creating extraordinary value for a customer? Do you want me to start? Sure. Okay, so I'll give one quick example. Um, I met with a, this was a new customer, and um, basically through our, I feel like our, our value conversation was probably about close to two hours long, but towards the end of it, he started, um, we became very, we were good with each other, like we were almost laughing and talking on a different, not business level, and he basically said, I just don't understand these dang internal monthly reports I get. And I said, well, would a meeting every month or quarter help, like, that I can walk you through them? And he said, oh, my gosh, yes, it would. And after our first meeting that we had with an internal report, I think it brought me so much value because some of the little things that I explained to him or showed him or pointed out, he was like, I can now change my business in so many different ways. And I think... That was just huge for me because it was something so simple that I could do so easy for him, but he turned it around and was so thankful because by me doing that, I was able to bring him more ideas for his business, cutting costs in different places. He just was like, it was like he was a new person for his business. So it made me feel great because I feel like I was a new person in my business. So I was giving him that power and it just felt so good. I know sometimes it seems like we're, we're, we're such experts that we, you know, we're fish swimming in water and we don't really notice it. And sometimes I think we forget the idea that the customer doesn't know as much as we do. And sometimes just sitting down and explaining it in, in terms they can understand exactly will make a huge impact. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. That's, and I've seen some other bookkeepers actually make that part of their packages too, uh, an in-depth monthly financial statement review where they really walk you through line item by line item and explain what do these numbers mean um, because I think a lot of business owners don't really know. No, and I feel it's uh, with, the, with the software coming out and some of our um, accounting programs doing different things, I think it's going to be like a, a big thing of the future coming forward. I agree. Yeah, analyzing and help them help them plan the future too rather than just reporting on the past. Cindy, how yes. about you? What's an example of extraordinary value that you've created? It would be clients who are in desperate um of cash flow. Um they've got CRA or the government all over them for tax payments. 
is when I can sit down, put a plan together, get some cost controlling in, and get it so CRA is off their back. And often I'll get, they'll say, I just, I just need to get my CRA paid and I want to close the business. So I, I often will listen to that. I'll, I'll be in the books. I can see what can happen. And I start working a plan while I'm working on the books. And when we get CRA, um, probably just before that, I go, hey, this is a vile business. Look, look what we've accomplished in this period. Look what we can do if we keep going down this path now that we've fixed the problem. Those end up being phenomenal clients. I've done two, and I'm now working on my third one. So that is where the value comes in for me in the packaging. I love it. And as part of this program, if I remember right, you also started to go after bigger customers too, didn't you? You kind of retargeted your, your ideal customer. Yeah, and you told, you told me that once you get one, you'll track more. And so I'm, it's just, I'm just, I'm unbelievable. I, I can't tell. I, I want to tell you about one of my new ones, it, and you're just <laughs> going to blow your brain. Like, I just didn't think it was possible. But when you start thinking that way, the universe answers. Excellent. Well, Cindy, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on The Soul of Enterprise today. You guys have been great, inspiring uh, stories on your personal journey. I'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, are, are going to be really uh, find a lot of value in your journeys. And uh, we'll post, post full show notes, give them links on where they can find you and contact you if they want to learn more information. And folks, um, you'll find our full show notes at The Soul of Enterprise Dot com, And on next week's show, we're going to have Greg LaFollette from CPA.com. He's a technology leader and consultant to the accounting profession, so we'll be interviewing him. And uh, hopefully my colleague and uh, partner in crime, Ed Kless, will be back by then. I'm really looking forward, folks, and I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing the success of businesses and communities around the world through the imagination of our people and smart technology. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, visit us at thesoulofenterprise.com, and also you can send an email to Ed or myself at asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a wonderful weekend. 